everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, it's Jen Hatmaker. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. So glad you're here today. This series is going to feature people who make us laugh, um, who are super joyful, even people who sometimes can find the funny in things that are frustrating or hard or even sad. So today we have on the show Candace Payne, and you might know her as Chewbacca Mom. Do you guys remember this? Um, Candace came to the world's attention when she recorded this Facebook Live video um, a little bit over a year ago. She filmed it in her car after she had just bought a Star Wars Chewbacca mask, and essentially she cracked her up so hard wearing it that she could barely speak. It is the funniest video. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, we'll have the link on, on my website, but you cannot watch it and without laughing. You cannot watch it without falling in love with Candace and her, her just crazy laughter. Anyhow, that video went super, super viral, like 160 million views, views, some crazy thing, made a ton of people laugh and boom, just like that. Candace is on this adventure. She is on Good Morning American, Entertainment Tonight, and Late Late Show with James. And uh, she's, uh, she's been everywhere. She's, everyone's talking about her, Ellen, everything. So she's gone on to write a book called Laugh It Up. So we're going to talk with Candace today um, about her experience, about her book, and really about the rest of the story, because there's way more to her than what we saw in that four-minute video. So you are absolutely going to love Candace. You're going to love her story. You're going to love her attention to the simple joys um, in life. And so I'm thrilled um, to bring you this really fun conversation today with my new friend, Candace Payne. Candace, 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 welcome to the podcast, sister. Hey. I'm glad I, to have you. Girl, I'm excited. This is a fun Same. one. It is a fun one. You're a fun one. And we met. We met last year. Wait, was it this year? It was this yeah. year, right? It was this year. Real friends, real life. <laughs> real life. We put our arms around each other. We like touched bodies. So That's right. um, we were in New York at Book Expo. Had you ever been to that? Probably not. No. Oh, it was overwhelming. Like it was in the world. Yeah, you guys. So that was my first time to go to Book Expo too. So this is this big, like Harper Collins. Um, Candace and I both have books under the Harper Collins umbrella, and which is just this huge New York publishing house, and we're under one of their imprints. But this was their entire Harper Collins author database at this fancy, like New yep. York Tribeca rooftop situation, like a movie. That was just fun for me um, <laughs> to like act fancy. Because that is not my normal gig. Is it yours? No, no, it's not. And the thing is, is I have something in my mind. Like, I'm like, keep it together. Like, K-I-T, keep it together. And like, it's only when I'm surprised that I just lose my junk. Like, listen, (laughs) I was on the Harry show, Harry Connick Jr. show. Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared. I didn't get to meet him before we get on stage to do the interview. And I walk out and I give him the biggest hug. And yeah. I promise you, this is how stupid I am. I whispered in his ear while <laughs> oh, we're no. hugging, I'm not letting go until you do. And like, oh, I realized no. um, his face turned from this lady's fun and cute <laughs> to security. I mean, like the whole interview sucked after that because he was scared to death of me. It's like Kathy Bates and I'm whole misery. <laughs> You know, and I'm sitting here going, I've ruined it. I've ruined it. Oh my gosh. I would absolutely do that. I get so weird. <laughs> like I, and it's that too. It's when I'm, although I'll tell you the, the, when I met Anne Lamott, um, and I loved her too much and that was the problem. Like also if I over love you, you can yes. guarantee I'm going to be a weirdo with you. Um, yes. And I overloved her and I finally got to meet her and I I had time to think about what to say to her because I was in line. And I'm like, <laughs> the, I, it's not as if I, I can't even say I was, it was sprung on me. I had time. <laughs> and instead I get up, finally, I'm with my, one of my best friends and I say to her, as she sent him a book, I said, listen, I love this book and I want you to know that I actually read it in three <laughs> consecutive trips to Barnes and Noble without buying it. And she was like, um, thank you. Like, basically, I stole your content. And I didn't pay you for it. I just, yeah. my friend looked at me like, why are we friends? 
Like, why do I bring you in public? <laughs> See, at least that's what you thought of. I was hiding my crazy because if I had time to think, like I, I actually filtered myself down to I'm not letting go until you do because <laughs> I, I was wanting to sing It Had to Be You from When Harry Met oh, Sally yes. to him. It's no, not a good situation. I want everybody to learn from your mistakes right now and just commit <laughs> to their future path to never sing to their favorite celebrity when they meet them. That's it. It's just that simple. That's free uh, advice, everybody. You're welcome. Okay, so Candace, this year has been bonkers for you. Like literally yeah. Yeah. a crazy, crazy year. So to all my listeners today, like unless you're, I don't know, but unless you're living under a rock, you have for sure seen Candace's video where she made the whole universe die laughing with that Chewbacca mask. What in the world? <laughs> and so you got the delightful and lovely nickname Chewbacca Mom. You know, what what we yeah. all dream to be called. Yeah, I was hoping um, for Wookiee Woman, but it didn't stick. <laughs> totally. So just just talk to how did all this happen? Like, I know in your wildest imaginations, you could never have imagined sitting in your car recording that little video of you laughing with a mask on in your car yeah. with your phone that would lead to this year that it has led to, right? Is this just crazy? It is crazy. And you know what? I honestly hadn't stopped. It was Thanksgiving break. And um, I had taken a full week off. My kids were out of school. And so it was like the first breath I'd been able to catch in 18 months. Um, Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you. like I was like, what in the world? Um, Yeah. And so I didn't even realize it was that crazy. But I feel like I've been trying to catch wind and riding that wind wherever it's been taking me for 18 months. When you say bonkers, it literally has been bonkers. I believe you. I just, I believe that these amazing, beautiful, and wonderful things that have put, like swept you off your feet. There's no way for them yeah. not to. So it's, uh, I've got the link to your video up on my site for the three people listening who didn't see it when it went out the first time, but there's oh, something gosh. so fun about that video. This, this like just straight sheer, joy of it. It's just, there's no pretense at all. There's nothing except for joy and laughter. And I mean, even Ellen, my queen, Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> she says to you, you make everybody happy. Like, is, can she say anything nicer in the universe to a person? That's so amazing. So, um, I think people have in the entertainment world, obviously have seen this of value in you, this, this joyfulness and, um, this, this, this something really special that you bring to bear in the world, frankly, that's sorely needed, um, mm. right now. So let's go back. Like, can you tell everybody sort of where you were before any of this hit, before we met you, before yeah. we saw you in that car, um, and how we've seen you since. So you've, you've had some obstacles, um, yeah. along the way, frankly. So tell everybody a little bit about how you, you honestly pushed through some pretty stout challenges to develop this sort of joy that you, um, that you now have on full display. Well, you know what? It is so easy to look at somebody on the internet and just get a one-dimensional grasp on who that person is and love yeah. them just for that. Um, and so what I thought was really funny were some people that had maybe said, oh, she was probably born that way. You know, she's just uh, one of those happy people. Of um, course. But also this idea that she must have a silver spoon because she's a stay-at-home mom and she gets the oh, luxury right. of being at home with their kids and nobody knows that it was an intentional choice for us to go to one income. And we were literally 18 months prior to that video, standing in charity lines for school supplies for your kids. And that's where you go. You have no clue what my story is. That's right. And I felt like what they saw in this pure joy moment of just laughing was fought for. It wasn't something that I was just like, hey, this is just me all the time. If that was me all the time, I wouldn't hang around with me all the time. Those people (laughs) stopped. Do you know what I mean? You're like, stop Stop laughing, you know? Um, (laughs) But I know that um, I needed to be able to share with people that were writing in and trying to ask, how do you remain so positive? How do you find this kind of joy still? And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? Most of the world doesn't have the tool. It doesn't have something to equip them to be able to say, 
goodness, this life is worth more than what I'm getting out of it. And it's mm-hmm. worth me finding what that is. And so I wanted to sit down and be honest about, first of all, my journey, the fact that I've mm-hmm. had to defy what life has thrown me through homelessness, depression, postpartum depression. Good Lord, somebody put some light on that. Yeah. Yeah. A suicide attempt marriage issues, um, literally like things that you would be like, wait a minute, what? She normal? Yes. Um, and then also to do something that I don't feel like has been done in a while. When we have this ethereal concept that we have a hard time bringing back to reality and grasping it in our normal life, we need to personify it. So in the book, I wanted to personify joy, just kind of like Solomon did. When he spoke about Mm. wisdom, he was like, she cries aloud in the street. She does these things. And when I'm thinking of how do I bring this concept to the pages so that people can discover joy that maybe are missing out on it. I realized the first time I met her was when I was homeless at nine years old. We were literally Uh, in a van. I mean, I'm sounding like Chris Farley more and more that I totally by the river, (laughs) van by the river, but we were in a van in an RV spot taking coin showers. And what Hmm. should have been a dire situation for a nine-year-old actually was the first time that I remembered what joy felt like outside of a good birthday gift or a a hug from a family member or something monumental that would happen to make my life so great in front of my little nine-year-old crush. I remember for the first time, I shouldn't feel this good in the midst of what I'm living in. I um, actually love that part of your story. And I super love... Um, that as all this attention sort of comes your way and this, this, this unexpected spotlight finds you mm-hmm. that one of the very first things that you do is, is bring your full story to the table. I actually, uh, that draws me to you. Um, that, mm-hmm. that makes me feel like, oh, okay. Um, she's, she's a truth teller and yeah. she's lived a real life. And it, it it does not take anything away from how funny and joyful you are. To me, it just adds to it um, and makes you somebody that I feel like, oh, I can trust this. I can trust you um, because frankly, uh, cheap joy is easy because your life's been easy, but <laughs> Come the on. joy you've had to earn, that, mm-hmm. that lasts, man, that's mm-hmm. sticky, that's sticky mm-hmm. joy. Um, and that's yeah. the kind that I respect and I admire the very most. I, I, I appreciate your, your honesty. Was it hard to be honest at all about your life or are you naturally transparent? It wasn't hard to be honest. It was hard to revisit as I was writing. Ah, um, that makes sense. You know, for me, culturally, and listen, I'm no prophet, and this big word prophecy is hopping around in the Christian culture right now. So don't be like, Candace Payne gave a prophetic whatever. I'm just saying, uh-huh. our culture right now, we value authenticity way higher than integrity. I mean, mm. somebody can make the biggest mistake. And three days later, they'll come back and have a heartfelt apology. And everybody will be like, they ain't so bad. They good. I love them. Mm -hmm. Shoot. And I'm sitting here looking at this going, okay, well then where are the people that are going to stand up and tell you good, bad, indifferent, and don't edit it? Don't edit it. Just say it. Um, And so authenticity is something that I regard way higher than me being right um, or Mm -hmm. me being pretty about something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To go back and describe every detail. And really, it it got cut down a little bit in the final edit of the book, because I realized you're going to have some teenage girls probably reading this with their mamas. Um, There were some Mm. things that I just wanted to be sensitive that people didn't get so lost in the detail of what happened during sexual abuse or the night that I tried to commit suicide, that they lose the fact that there's a greater story and a greater telling that they could find for themselves. Um, But to Mm. my first raw cut was raw. And that was the hardest part of writing for me because I felt so in the moment reliving what had happened. And I'll be honest, if you're somebody that looks for positivity and tries to maintain hope and tries to embrace joy every single day, you don't revisit those spaces in your mind or in your heart very often. You conquer them, you get through them and you say, Hey, that made me, but you don't dwell on them. And so for me, it was kind of the first time I'd taken that deep of a look back and went there. And so I Mm. had to get up and take a couple walks and get a couple breathers, you know, before I could revisit. You know, I appreciate you saying that because, um, 
I, you know, this whole series, this is just for the love of like humor and comedy, which is a, is a real high value for me. I've always been um, drawn to comedy and interested in it and a student of it. And um, all my favorite people are funny or they're comedians. And um, so we're going to talk about some of our favorites here in a few minutes. But one thing I've always found interesting, um, just as an observer of comedy and comics mm-hmm. and uh, people who are just naturally funny like you too, that a lot of the people who bring us laughter um, have, they're similar to what you're saying. They have, they often have these circumstances in their lives that lean toward a darker nature or mm. towards sadness or abuse or some sort of harm or recovery. Um, yeah. and, and you end up seeing that a lot in, in comics. And so I appreciate you talking frankly, mm-hmm. uh, specifically you touched on it, but I, I wonder if you could just talk to us a little bit more, um, through uh, some bouts of depression, because I, I guarantee you that a ton of women listening today, um, that is something that they either wrestle with or struggle with or suspect in their own lives. And for some reason, it's still a little bit, it's not that it's taboo, but we mm. still struggle with shame around it. And so we don't talk about it as openly as we should. Yeah. Um, so specifically for as common as it is, my gosh. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, how any sort of depression has sort of had a space in your life and yeah. and kind of what you did with it? Yeah. Well, and I, I want to be so clear whenever I tackle this issue, I'm not speaking about clinical depression, like a chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance. There was a season where I experienced that. Um, and that was because I was on a weight loss medication that is Ah. no longer available by the way, BT. Shocking. Um, and it literally jacked up the serotonin levels in my brain and I had to counterbalance it with antidepressants. Um, that was one of the, the moments that I experienced depression and it felt foreign to me. Like it literally felt like, who is this person? Like, I didn't feel like me when I was waking up in the morning. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to engage with people. I didn't want to watch my favorite comedians or funny movies. You know what I mean? I was like knee deep into documentaries with history dramas. And I'm sitting here going, who are you? (laughs) Who am I? Wake up. Mm. Um, and th- But then I've also known postpartum depression for hormonal imbalances yeah. when you're trying to get your life freaking back. And I remember looking at my husband after having my, my first child and I was like, okay, now I know he's a good man and I know he's a good daddy. I'm watching that. But I don't know who he is or how I ended up with him or if I even like him right now. Um, yeah. And I remember telling him that because I was just honest. And he said, well, you better figure it out because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh. well, there you go. <laughs> and I'm stuck with him. So great. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Um, and so, I mean, oh, like, that's cute. I mean, he's a great man. But at the same time, I knew internally that I couldn't rationalize what I was feeling against those moments because there was something happening medically with me as well. Hmm. The other thing was shame and regret. Um, yeah. Listen, I, there is too much in me. I'm nearing 40. And I think when you just get to that age, you just don't have time to care about the things you used to care about. And so (laughs) I'm sitting here going, I don't even have time to process my past and everything that I've screwed up for me to carry that junk anymore. And if there's anything that had made me depressed and really made me feel like, oh, I didn't do this by 25. I wanted to have Mm. 30. And I I wish that I didn't do this in my younger years. And I didn't take that for granted. I mean, we could live in that space, but I tell you what, you will be a bludgeon by the time that you're 70 and nobody will want to be around you. And you're going to be telling teenagers to get off your lawn and off your grass. Um, It's true. I just felt like shame and regret were always stealing my joy and making me depressed as well. And the last thing, and this is something that, um, I just feel like we don't address and somebody needs to shine a light on it. We would never speak to ourselves sometimes, or wait a minute, let me back up. We would never speak to our worst enemy the way that we talk to ourselves sometimes. That's right. How do you think you're going to feel at the end of your life if you believe everything negative you say to yourself? Mm. And so I just felt like those were the major killers of my joy and I needed to address them. 
And so what did you do? Did you just, was it, was for you, this a sense of awareness and just initiative enough was just to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pump the brakes on this shame and guilt and regret and negative self-talk. And did you, were you able to kind of flip a switch? What were some uh, of your tools? Okay. So the actual, and I'm not trying to sell a book cause I'm the worst at promoting myself. My publisher probably is like, Candace, get better at it. But, um, <laughs> literally defiant joy, the six session study guide is all my practical tactile how to's that I've been doing yep. over the past six years. And it really is, um, like I stopped, I stopped talking negative to myself. And do you even know how freaking hard that is? The moment. No, I- it is hard. <laughs> I don't even think I'll, most women are aware of it right. because that voice is so chronic and constant. Yep. Um, that it it masquerades as just the truth, and and that's not at all how it's how it is. It, that can be stopped, but it is not easy. I had a rubber band that I would wear on my wrist, and I would just kind of lightly pop my wrist every time I'd have a negative thought. And then I would keep a tally in my phone and I would count them up at the end of the day. And sometimes when you do the actual math, you realize Mm -hmm. how ridiculous you're being. And I would try to get down to where I would not have any more than 30. And let's just say the first day was over um, 400 (laughs) that I counted. I'm not even kidding. That's crazy. Over 400. And when you say that, you mean any negative idea, thought, Mm -hmm. um, anything at all that was just going to sort of be a hindrance to moving forward in a healthy way. Oh my gosh. Well, like, you know, a lot of people that they've come to know me, they, they joke about it and they're like, Oh, we love Candace because she's got this self-deprecating humor. Well, no, there's a difference. I've done self-deprecation before and that's one thing, but then there's also this beautiful thing about knowing what your limitations are. So I don't have like thoughts that I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that I couldn't do this. And that's an egg. No, that's, that's truth. Uh Um, Uh I see what you know. You really can't. Yeah. That was it. Need to be put in check. That's reality. I'm never going to win an uh-huh. Olympic gold medal. We're fine. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. ones that would say you're not a good mom, just like uh, yes. Oh, oh, okay. Let's pop that rubber band right there. I see. Or yeah. your husband probably thinks you look disgusting in that shirt. So go change. Uh, oh, nope. Yeah. Pop that. Pop. And I'm telling you, like, so you went from 400 plus, yeah, yeah, down to. 30 or less. That's a big change. Yes. I like that because sometimes our instruction toward um, healing and health is, it's very, very internal. It's Mm -hmm. very introspective. You know, it it involves a lot of thinking and praying, but there is, (laughs) what you're saying is true. Sometimes a path to healing is incredibly physical and symbolic and you do something with your hands or with your body or with a rubber band and sort of the physical aspect of it can usher in healing just as much as just this deeply internal work. Okay, guys, quick break to tell you about two things I'm super excited about. So first of all, if you're feeling like you spend too much, eat too much, own too much, waste too much, you might want to check out the seven experiment video series and books I developed and take the seven week challenge against excess that literally changed our family's lives permanently. I'm, I'm serious. And listen, if you'll use the code podcast at checkout, you'll get $10 off any package. If you already have the book, and some of you do, we have a package for you too, and the code still counts. So you can find out more about all of this at the7experiment.com, the7experiment.com. Second, in the spirit of my latest book of Mess and Moxie and my good friend Nicole Nordeman's latest album, Every Mile Mattered, the two of us are hitting the road for the 12 City Moxie Matters Tour this spring. So it starts January 24th, and you guys really, it is it is such a great night. Tickets are as low as $24, and they are selling out by the day. So grab your friends and get your tickets at moxymatterstour.com. We seriously cannot wait to see you. So all this information about the seven experiment and the tour is also on my website at jenhatmaker.com. Okay, you guys back to the show. Let's real quickly talk about these last 18 months for you. Um, you've just, 
you've just been kind of all over the place. Like give us like the quick rundown where you, who you've met, what shows you've been on, what your appearances have looked like. Some of your, the highlights of this year that you, I mean, surely never saw coming. Um, well, I think one big major, like it was like a Sharknado of all things was the CMAs because it was like everybody (sighs) was there at one time and I was allowed across the rope, like to be on the carpet with them. So there was nobody saying, shh, step back. Don't be Candice. I'm like, no, I'm invited. I'm invited. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I actually, um, tried to do like photo bombing of Vince Vaughn. Um, uh, you know, I mean, just Keith Urban had no clue who I was. Him and Nicole Kidman were sitting two rows in front of me. And it was so uh-huh. funny because I thought, I've just got to go shake his hand. I've just, I don't even know yeah. why. You know, it's the dumb Keith. Well, you're that close thing. for crying I'm out like, loud. Keith Urban and China Doll, Nicole Kidman, <laughs> she's pristine. Anyway, so I'm like <laughs> flipping out on the inside. And I just walk up to him and I say, um, Hi, Mr. Urban. I just love you as a judge on American <laughs> Idol and your music. And then I'm like, hey there. Like that the most Becky so basic thing to yes. say ever. Yes. yes. Uh, I would do the exact same. I might have well just been wearing like, you know, boots and had a sweater and, and had a glass <laughs> totally. of something Starbucks. But I was just like, hey, basic. And so what uh, the irony amazing. of that moment is that there were like fans that were on the floor in front of us. And uh-huh. as I'm talking to him, this was like maybe three weeks after the viral video. They're yelling out, Chewbacca, oh, yeah. Candace. And and oh, Keith yeah. Urban has no clue who I am. So he doesn't know. Yeah. No, 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 no. So he's like wondering, who is this lady, right? I go right. sit back down and I literally watch Blake Shelton sit next to him, pull out his phone and show him the uh-uh. Chewbacca Mom video and watch all three this of them. This is the weirdest moment. Start laughing and then look at me and give me thumbs up. And I'm like, uh, oh. that's my life right now. That's that's okay. weird. And then Pharrell. Pharrell, I met Pharrell yeah. and was like trying to keep my crap together. I mean, just all of it, just all of it. it I, once again, I say stuff and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's and so it- much fun. Um, your uh, appearance with James Corden, yes. hilarious. Yes. Sketch with J.J. Abrams, priceless. Um, so as you're sort of going from this, I'm going to make this silly one minute video in my car to CMAs and, Mm. and, and Keith Urban and James (laughs) and, um, and, and now you're in all these shows. So then of course people want to talk to you. They want you to say words. They want to ask you questions and you to answer them. Um, how'd you, how have you, you said you've literally just come up for air after 18 Mm. months. Um, how did you just handle the pace of it? the pressure of it, were you able to like open your arms wide and say, this is a really fun, exciting adventure and I'm here for it all. Was it stressful or was it all of that? Well, yes. And you know what? You get this being a person of faith. There's also these things that kind of ground you right in the middle of them when you need it the most. So for me, there were three major things that happened internally and alone with God. Like, that were just huge. The day that the video went viral on that Friday, I was responding to over, man, 20 media requests an hour. And I finally- That very day? Yeah. Yeah. Like insane. I woke up with voicemails from BBC, NPR, Fox and Friends, Good Morning America, the Today Show, some company in Ireland, I don't even know. I mean, like crazy stuff. And I'm sitting here- And I turned everything off that had a ding or a notification. And I just felt like, God, I need to eat. It's 12 o'clock. I haven't eaten. I've just put the phone. And all I could find was a freaking moon pie, right? Because that's (laughs) what looked appetizing after not eating all day. And I'm sitting on my kitchen floor, crisscross applesauce with this moon pie half in my mouth. And I'm thinking this is going to be such a holy moment of like a thank you, God. You've seen me. You remember my life. And I cried for 45 minutes. And all I could say was thank you over and over and over Mm. again. Nothing else could come out of my mouth Um, because I knew this was one of those good works God was preparing for me. I didn't 
think for one second it was a fluke. Um, hmm. I got up off the floor, turned everything back on, went crazy, did some interviews. Coles came to my house, gifted us three Christmases worth of Christmas that I hadn't been able to give my kids. No. No, seriously. No. I, my mama heart was exploding, oh. exploding. Um, and oh. then my husband gets home from work and I look at him and I said, baby, I need to know right now, is this just a fun ride that we're about to have? Or do you think this is uh-huh. something more? And he looked at me and he said, I can't deny that this is 100% God. He said, and we will mm. walk through every open door. And he said, I'm behind you every step of the way. And okay. I knew, okay, that's good. Well, that was Friday. Monday morning, I'm on Good Morning America. And off, yeah. off the camera, Robin Roberts just said to me, you were the real deal. And not only that, but I've met so many people that they're not ready for their suddenly. And you are. Mm. You are ready for wow. your suddenly. And so then that gave me this fuel. Like it was just like, all right, if 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 Robin Roberts thinks I'm ready, I'm ready, you know? Um, and then that two, was really powerful. Oh, it was it was massively powerful. And then the next day mm-hmm. I'm on the rooftop of Facebook headquarters and mm-hmm. I have not slept. I am being whisked from one media outlet to the next, from literally coast to coast. And Mm -hmm. I sit down for the first time on the roof and I ask for 10 minutes of silence and them to go somewhere else with their cute millennial clipboards and heels and Scott necklaces. And I just said, I need like just 10 minutes. And I started praying and I just caught a breath and I felt like the Holy Spirit just clearly spoke and said, look where you're you're sitting. You're on top of the world's unlimited resources. And if Mm. I brought you here, don't you dare put a limit on what I can do when I don't have a single limit on me. And so Mm. that was what, three or four days after this. So those were monumental moments to say, I'm with you. I go before Uh you. I prepared this. So I'm not going to abandon you in it. So just have fun. So if it's not been fun, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. That's great. So that's great. I, I, that's, that's so powerful. And beautiful and liberating, honestly, because at that point you're just free. You don't have to control it or micromanage it or white knuckle it because it might all slip away. Mm -hmm. That just sets you free to be fully like in the moment and enjoying it. And um, it also probably allowed you to say yes, easy, like to whatever comes. Because I mean, you can't, you can't personally chart this kind of path. You you can't manufacture it. So um, that... um, I think you would appreciate this out of all people. Um, it did not tie my hands either to try to choose Christian versus secular. Uh, do you know what I mean? I like, love that for you. Come on. I mean, I, I just had a Sunday school teacher that after she saw me hug um, Sean Hayes on a Facebook live post, she sent yeah. him a message, a private message, and was like, watch your, watch your witness. You're, oh dear. I'm sitting here going, no, no. Oh, not today, Brenda. Atlanta. Oh, my Atlanta. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's the deal. If I really yeah. do love Jesus, like I say that I do, in the first commandment, not to take his name in vain, I don't need mm. to salt and pepper him in every single interview that I do. I don't need to prove to anybody that I believe what I believe. That's right. I just need to be myself. And so oh, with, with God telling me I have no limits on me, do you know how freeing that was to not have to fit in either box? Now, listen. Yes, I- and it's rare. <laughs> it's rare air, and I'm serious. Yes. Um, because you'll end up getting pulled from both sides. And I know this, mm-hmm. too, because I have occupied – Sp- mainstream space yep. and Christian space. Yep. And sometimes they've weirdly merged and sometimes not at all. Yep. And what generally happens is that an either mm. one side wants you to be um, either more or less of what they want. Um, yep. And so you have to, you have to chart a pa- chart a course pretty early that says, um, I'm just going to be true. And it's not going to be, I'm not going to dance like a monkey to make these people happy or these people on this side. 
I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to hold to my center and, and trust that I know what that is and when, and when and how it sort of is on display. Mm -hmm. And that, but still you have to be pretty, you have to have strength of character, um, to pull that off. And you've done it really, really well in a really beautiful way. I, um, you know, I heard somebody told me one time because I've also, our family has been sort of in some mainstream, um, TV spaces too. And, um, I got some similar pressure, like to mm. be some sort of weird, like secret evangelist, <laughs> um, on, uh, on the HGTV channel. Like it just was weird and it, and it would have been really forced, really, yeah. really contrived, yeah. really yeah. artificial. Well, that's and not foreign. Mentor- we are, in Oh, come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a weirdo and yeah. I'm not going to act like a weirdo yeah. either. And so one of my mentors said, listen, Jen, she was like, um, as you are, uh, in these spaces, as you're working with your crew and your team and your production staff and, um, you know, the, this, mm. this network, like just being in the room, it increases the presence of the Holy Spirit just cause you're there and you're, you're walking in with the Holy Spirit in your life. And so she's like, already it's spiritual. It's spiritual because you're in the, in the room. Yeah. And so I just, I've never forgotten that, that, mm-hmm. um, sometimes just, we walk in and with the power of the Holy Spirit on us and in us yep. and through us. And yep. that's not nothing. Yeah. That is not nothing. That is something. And as always, mm-hmm. people are drawn to to Jesus because, you know, he's the best thing ever. And so yeah. it it will find its way up without um somebody telling you to like jump and when they say jump. Yes. In the way that they yes. want you to do it. Let me ask you this because so now it's been 18 months. So some of the like shiny shine of it all has <laughs> worn off and now you're kind of in the trenches a little bit more mm. um, of, of this being like your work and yeah. what you're going to do. And so I don't know if you know this, but I am aware that sometimes being in the public opens you up for criticism. Is this news to you? Um, <laughs> what? Is that, is this something you know what? about? Um, has this, can you talk about this side of it? Like the, the side that, um, is critical of, of who you are, or what you do and, and how have you sort of handled being vulnerable and staying tender and soft, even with that? Um, you know what? I really love this topic because if you're ever going to have something that bolsters your joy, there needs to be the voices that are jerks to be banned and blocked from your life. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that's yourself or somebody else, uh, I have like a core circle of people that they get to say whatever the mess that they want to. And yeah, I me know too. that they are saying it in love. I know they have my best at heart. They would never intentionally harm me because they love me. They're my people. Yeah. Um, however, that circle gets a little bit wider and you've got people that kind of know you and they, you know what I mean? And so you bring those, yeah. those things to the people in the inner circle and you're like, Hey, let me check this against that. Does, does that sound normal? Does that yeah. sound not normal? You go any further out of that? Are you kidding me? All of those can fall to the wayside for all I care. And it's not that yeah. a stranger Mess. doesn't have the right to to say what they want. It's just it doesn't have the weight to mean as much. Yeah. And I think That's that good. we don't do that naturally. We just hear something negative and we're like, maybe they're right. Maybe. Oh yeah. And you're like, and then your your whole day's ruined. And and for some people, do I dare even say this? Not just your whole day, but your whole life. Because you bought into something that a stranger said that they have no intent on, on making you a better person, but just tearing you down. That's right. And so, um, I just don't give that much weight. I let it roll off my back when it needs to. Now, um, there are some things where if it's the consensus of a massive group of people, you do maybe need to check it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying. Yeah. The whole world is saying, oh, yeah, just blind to it. But I'm talking about like those things where somebody calls you an F and whatever, then you go, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, bye. What's wrong with you? Hey there, why are you so angry? Bye, Um, bud. As a matter of fact, I'd like to go to Target every now and then in peace and quiet. Let's just say that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I always feel like the person who seems to love me the very most at Target finds me when I am 
I'm so ratchet. Like I am, I'm so gross that I can't even believe they can recognize me. Like, how did you even yes. know it was me? I'm so dirty. Oh, you found um, me with my yeah. adult acne revisiting because I'm going to totally. menstruate next week. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and you would like a selfie? Oh, how wonderful. Oh, always, yep. <laughs> always with the selfie. I would like to tell you how many selfies I have taken with women in bathrooms and I couldn't even count it. I wish I had a nipple. I'm like coming out of the stall. I'm like washing my hands. They were talking to me while I was going to the bathroom. And I'm like, why? Why? Why is this happening? Why is this okay? It's oh, not. It's not. It's Jen. not okay. It's not. It's not. It's that That's my PSA better. right now for my listeners. If you hear me going potty next to you, just pretend like you can't hear it and I'm invisible. Like, <laughs> let's just let this moment pass and hope for another one to present itself in the universe. But... I'm going to let the bathroom go. Yes. All right. Listen, I mentioned earlier, I've got some, I've got some comedy like giants to me, mainly women. I'm really drawn to funny women and I like smart, funny, smart, funny is my favorite. So I love, I'm like, I'm Tina Fey and I love Melissa McCarthy Mm -hmm. and Amy Poehler who also work in this physical comedy Yeah. um, as well. Mindy Kaling. These are all the women that I just like have googly eyes for yep. and humor and men too. I I'm, I'm SNL generation. So, yep. um, I've been in a Saturday night live fan for my entire life. Like just this year, one of my newest friends, um, that I met last year actually was Kevin Nealon. And it's like, you know what? I could die. I could die oh happy. My goodness. Um, because I've met a giant and he's hilarious in person. Um, so I read that one of your dreams was to be on SNL and that's when I knew like, it Oh is. my gosh, we're heart sisters. SNL is. is like my comedy anchor. Who are who are your people? Who do you love? Who are your comics? What are your shows? What's your what brand of humor are like you drawn into? Or writers? I love funny writers too. You know what? I cannot, and I try to resist. I try because I know the formula. But anything Will Ferrell, I am in tears. Anything He's so Will funny. Ferrell. I don't know. Okay, his formula is have a freak out moment. We all know this. Okay, he yeah. freaks out sing at some point inappropriately when it's yeah. not useful for the situation, just be serious, sarcastic to the where, where the, the reality is people don't know where reality is. Like, wait a minute. Does he really do yes. that? Hold on. Totally. He looks kind of serious about that. Is he that dumb? I love when somebody yes. just fools you because they are so smart and so witty. Oh and so like his sense of humor always cracks me. I'm talking like it doesn't matter if it was Bewitched or if it was that movie Stranger Than Fiction. He does that in yeah. every stinking movie, and I find myself giggly. Um, yeah, he's a master. Yes, yes. I love Steve Martin. Come on. If we're going to talk about a giant. Yeah, I mean, come on. That is yeah. Steve Martin, Robin Williams, and then, of course, yeah. Chris Farley. Now, Chris Farley to me is kind of like the ultimate. And here's why. The first time I ever discovered that he existed, my mom yelled out from the living room, hey, honey, you need to come in here. There's a guy on TV that looks and acts just like you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I'm I'm like, this doesn't seem like a compliment. And I walk in and he's doing the whole Matt Foley in a van down by the river. And I just Uh remember thinking, hmm, it's kind of similar to how I freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty true. (laughs) I make those voices. Uh Uh-huh. And then Tommy Boy came out and I was like, oh, rail off. This is gone. Batso. He is my spirit animal. And, um, yeah. And I'm telling you, Chris Farley to me was just the saddest, most tragic day when he passed. Yes. Um, and actually, I don't know if you remember this, but during that week, three giants passed. We lost Chris Farley, Princess Diana, and Michael Landon all in the same week. That's right. Yes. That's yes. right. 97. You know, Chris was exactly what we talked about earlier. One of these comics that very much had a dark side. Yep. Um, yep. And some of the greatest do. Uh, that they're just that level of intensity of humor of performance art. Yep. Um, it, it, it cost it cost people something um, in a lot of ways. It seems like men 
um, more sometimes than women, but, um, he was, he was one of the absolute greats. So that was a real loss. Yep. Um, not just to comedy, but to the world. I love all those guys. I, I could tell you right now, I could quote any quote from Tommy boy. Anyone <laughs> I could do a whole dialogue. You and I could do like a back and forth. I, I could be it. David Spade. Like I could literally pull off that whole movie. I love that kind of humor. Yeah. I love that you love comedy and I think the world's in need of it right now. And, yep. and it's not small. It's, it, it's not insignificant. It, it's no. not lightweight. Yeah. Um, I think we are in short supply of humor. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm so grateful for our, our master comics who like make us laugh in the middle of pain and suffering and struggle and everything. I'm, um, I'm such, such a fan of comedy. So let's talk about your book for a second. Um, you've written an, an amazing book, Candace, and it's wow. called Laugh It Up. And so can you talk a little bit, how did this come to be? Um, talk, talk to us about your, your writing process and, and what's behind the mask, as you say, um, and, and how, how all of this came to bear. Well, in all honesty, I was just getting requests from people to want to know more about who I was and wanting to know how to remain positive, how to find joy. Uh, I feel like the, the video itself was posted at a time where we needed much levity in our society. Yeah. Uh, listen, it was right. election year. It was Batso crazy election year. And not only that, it was a time where I, I literally... I found myself going, wait a minute, what is happening? We were seeing racial tension pop back up in yeah. our, our culture. And I'm sitting here going, hold up, hold up. We did not have Rondi, Rodney yeah. King and all this mess that I lived through as a teenager to see this happening again. And yet it was. Yeah. And it felt like it was spiraling out of control. Um, and mm-hmm. so to see this video of a lady just laughing in her car for four minutes yeah. just kind of made the world go, Okay, we can pause and remember that it's not the worst. It's not the worst. One last tiny break, listeners. So I want to give you some free stuff. If you're popping into the podcast, but you haven't read my latest book of Mess and Moxie yet, I want to give you some free stuff. So it's just this simple. If you text the word Moxie, M-O-X-I-E, to... 313131. We're just going to send you some free stuff. First of all, you're going to get to download a bunch of my favorite recipes. And second of all, we're going to send you the whole first chapter of the book for free, just so you can take a, take a peek at it, have a taste for it, see if you like it. Um, and that's it. No strings attached. So you want a little bit of freebie in the middle of your day, just text the word MOXIE to 313131 and we'll send you your stuff um, simply because I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for jumping in here to the podcast week after week. So there you go. Free stuff for you. And now back to the show. Let's do this real quick. I love this thing that you do online. It's awesome. It's fun. You basically share the things in life that bring you simple joys. That's what you call it. So you ask other people to share these little things that also bring them joy, which is a great practice in just like paying attention. Yep. Um, uh, so let's look at a couple of your simple joys you've got on your website. I'm going to talk about, yes. you just give us your thoughts. So number one, tacos. I feel really strong about this. Come on. Really, really strong. I have big feelings about this. So let's talk about your favorite tacos. Why? Okay, why. you're in Texas, so yeah. Austin, hello. We know tacos. I'm in Dallas. Yeah, we do. Um, Torchy's Tacos is, yeah, is a course. really, come on, the queso alone. When you make a it's taco the best in the city. and you call it trashy, that's the yeah. best thing in the whole world for me. Can um, I tell you something? Yeah. My son over in Lubbock, who's at Texas Tech, just got his okay. first job in college, and it's at Torchy's. Do you understand, oh, no. like, the, the oh, parental no. pride? I know. <laughs> He literally brought the case with a Thanksgiving and yes. we were more excited about it than the whole feast. Yes. Yes. I would have been too. I would have been like, baby, I'm so glad to see you. Sit your butt uh-huh. down. Where's the queso? hundred percent. Pop that baby in the microwave. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your favorite taco at Torchy's? Uh, the trailer park. And I oh, do so get good. it trashy. Of course yeah. you do. Because I mean, you're discerning. Chicken tenor. I mean, just it's fried. Okay. I, I, I'm so grateful that you're like a taco 
your person understands the power of tacos. Yes. Um, okay. You also say good cup of coffee here, here, cheers, all the things. Absolutely. Fundamental part of my morning. What's your favorite? What do you, what, how do you do coffee? Well, I am, oh, let's just, let's just go back here. Okay. I am more sugary, sweet tasting than coffee tasting. But the caffeine uh-huh. is what I need to get through the sugar. <laughs> so yeah. It's like it's like a double. So I do a yeah. lot of Splenda, an ungodly amount to where you feel like there needs to be an intervention and my family meets around me with relatives I haven't seen in 20 years. And then I also do all the syrups. I don't even care. Okay. Put them all in there. No, no. And do like nine shots if you want to of something. But That's do fine. not put whipped cream. Don't put the whipped cream. Okay. I want it to be frothy like a latte. Like I love I the bubbles and the foam. Okay. So yeah, that's Listen, that's if you me. want nine shots of vanilla, nobody's your boss. They don't know your life. You do what you want. You're a don't grown up. Yes. Um so one of your pieces of joyful clothing, which you write about this too, and it's really fun. Brightly colored socks. Yes. Um talk about that. Well, here's the deal. I had a Christmas where All I got was socks one year. And I know that everybody's like, oh, I'm going to cry. Don't cry for me. Don't cry. Calm down. Calm down. (laughs) It was in a trailer house. Deal with it. That's all we had money for. Socks and lifesavers. Anyways, I realized right then I don't ever want a freaking pair of white boring socks again. Like they have to make my feet feel happy. And so now the world is catching on because there's this sock craziness going on and I'm finally yes, excited about it. I'm like variety has now entered my world. I love it. So, <laughs> so you yeah. have like, how many pairs do you just pick a number? How many yeah. pairs of colored socks do you think you have? <laughs> don't, is this an don't. embarrassing number? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Okay. I would say that I have six drawer fools right now. You do not have six drawer fools. I have six drawer fools. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Well, <laughs> and then when people find out you like the colorful oh, socks, you, you get them gifted all the time too. It's like, Oh, that is so true. Thank you. So, you know, yeah, that's a great point. I'm going to send you a picture because one thing that all my people know mm-hmm. that I love, I like long, I like big, long leather feather earrings. I'm just yes. the bigger, the better is my, so I get them all the time now. So I have I'll send you a picture. You'll just, you'll actually die. Listeners, I will put the picture up on this transcript so you can see how many leather feathers I have hanging on my earring. Well, I have a whole earring like grid. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about smell good candles. That's another one for you. What, what's your brand? What's your favorite scent? Um, I love Bath and Body Works candles. Um, Just because you can find them on sale. They send you an email and they're like, look what you can get. You can get a free candle this month when you buy what a hundred million dollars worth of body lotion. So I'm I'm like, it's worth it for the free candle. Uh Um, And so I just started picking those up every time that I would get coupons for them. And now it's, it's an obsession. So like I have two candles in front of my TV, two candles in the entryway, two candles on the kitchen Island, two candles in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like they, it's in pairs of two and they, um, sometimes they're all opposing scents and I, I'm not (laughs) mad at it. I'm not mad either. (laughs) That does not hurt my feelings at all. I will light every candle in the house. I don't care. I'll waft Um, it. I'll I'll go buy one and waft a fresh balsam and then I'll waft (laughs) pumpkin pie. And then I'll be like, this is a great day. Why are people mad at that? (laughs) Right. No, that's just beautiful. Is what that is. Um, and finally, and, to which I also give a hearty amen. Um, Chewy's Jalapeno Ranch. Yes, I mean, you can not everybody knows about this. <laughs> we live down here in the land of plenty, yes. where this is the kind of stuff we get to have. I guess for yes. being Texan, that's our prize. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Talk to everybody about uh, well about Chewy's first of all, and about Jalapeno Ranch. Chewy's is a Mexican restaurant. It is not another Chewbacca obsession that I have, which people have confused that. Um, Oh, that's funny. Like it is the original Tex-Mex. Come on. Like their their chips are thin restaurant style with their salsa is actually fresh and tastes almost like a mixture of pico and salsa together. I can't explain it, but it's fresh. So I'm like my eyes rolling back on my head. I know. And then they have a secret. They have, you can ask for jalapeno ranch 
to go with your chips and salsa that come out at your table. And once you discover it, I'm pretty sure you're going to be like, oh, why am I addicted? Like, I need to go see Dr. (laughs) Drew and be on rehab um, show on VH1. But you need, it it is is addicting. And for some reason, it is the creamiest ranch with the spiciest kick to it. But yet, it has the coolness of the ranch that you don't feel like you got to take, you know, a Prozac right after you Prozac not Prozac Prilosec if you want to I mean you're not telling everybody they can't uh let's obviously say I don't know my drugs but I I will say (laughs) maybe a Prilosec if that's the way you want to leave yes you know so it's it's smooth and creamy but spicy at the same time and you could bathe in it Oh my sure. gosh, it's the I'm truest sure thing. That's what Two I funny for things my about that. Thirty ninth birthday party theme is Chewy's Jalapeno Ranch. That's what I'm going to go for. If I'm going to theme that's out my birthday party, that's what I need. That's it. I have a um, copycat recipe for Chewy's Jalapeno Ranch, and it's close. It's really, okay. really close. But there's something about theirs is just magic, and I can't recreate the likes. I can't re- recreate the magic exactly, know, but it's close. And also. You know about Chewy's Happy Hour, right? Yes, so, where they have it in the back of a car. Yes, Chips. and one of my best friend's sons, who's young adult, newly married, like didn't they're just like don't have any money. Remember how loud that is? So oh, yeah. they on the regular go to Chewy's um, Happy Hour, where all of that is free, mm-hmm. and they order a side of tortillas, and so yep. that. Because it comes with like sausage and uh, and yeah. and guacamole and yeah. I mean it is I'm sorry Chewies if I just cost you some money but I know I know no it's nobody it's, it's does so happy hour better no they All don't right. they just like come eat our chips and our salsa and our queso and our ground beef and yes. everything that you want to make your own nachos for free it's it's so glorious that I just feel like I'm probably going to go today now that we've. <laughs> Like done the power of suggestion here in our conversation. Okay, listen, we're wrapping this up. So these are three questions that we're going to ask every guest in the For the Love of Laughter series. So so just like down and dirty, first thing you can remember. So here's the first one. What's the funniest thing you've either like witnessed or watched or personally been a part of yourself that tickled you until you just could, until you just cried? Till like tears just rolled down your face. Obviously the Chewbacca video. Yes. So we can't say that one. Okay. Clearly okay. we see that you have the propensity to like laugh till you cry. Like right. what's another laugh till you cry moment? Um, I would have to say it was a family moment. Um, when I was little, my dad never had a straw or a lid on a cup ever. Like he's a chomper of ice and okay. coffee. He just carries, he carries it around like normal in his car in a mug. And there was one Sunday where he was coming out dressed for church on an icy driveway with an open cup of coffee and he literally slipped and fell down and the coffee went all over him and he's cussing us all out sideways (laughs) and we're on our way to church. And I (laughs) could not stop laughing. I mean, like I know I shouldn't have, but for some (laughs) reason I'm the kid in the backseat that they're like, stop it. You're going to get us in trouble. And I'm like, why? (laughs) He needed to put that in a thermos. He's an idiot. What happened? And why is it your fault? Why are y'all getting cussed out? Right. Uh, Yeah, he should be cussing out the fact that he's wearing boots with a suit on high. (laughs) And he has an open mug of coffee about to put it in a car that it doesn't even fit a cup holder in there. Like, there's nothing about this situation. (laughs) No, that is laugh-worthy. And one really lesser-known fact about me and, and mean thing that I don't share very often is that I think it's really funny when people fall down. Like videos yeah. where people fall down and make me laugh so hard, especially yeah. when they're kids. What's I'm wrong not, with me? Um, I need to, well, I need some help. You didn't say senior adults. So that's good. Okay. You have a, a silver lining <laughs> on the cloud. <laughs> I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. Just children that are already closer to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay. So finish this sentence. A world without laughter is like a blank without blank. This is tricky. Oh, it's not tricky because I immediately thought of a song lyric. So I'm going to steal it. So a world without laughter is like a sky without stars. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I'll get it. That's what I'm going to name this podcast. Okay. That was really, really good. Okay. Last one. This is the question we ask. 
We ask literally everybody in every series, um, a question posed by Barbara Brown Taylor and it's what's saving your life right now. Rest. Oh, yay. Yeah. Love that answer. It is. It is um, like everywhere across the board, snuggles with kids, hot cups of coffee cocoa um literally just feet up in chairs anytime they recline my feet are up um it is finding naps in the middle of a day i I mean like rest is so good right now at a girl you deserve it because you have had your foot on the gas and you have been working hard and it has brought so much joy to the world Mm -hmm. um, and to all of us. And you are so loved and so cherished. And I could not be more pleased that you're getting to kick your feet up for a hot minute, um, even though you just got your edits back. So I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But listen, thank you, Candace Payne, for being on the show today. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for making us laugh and smile and tell the truth and just sort of embrace this life. You are a treasure, an absolute treasure. Thank you so much. I'm going to cry You're welcome. Now. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Isn't she fun? She's cute and spicy and sassy and truthful. Like everything that I love in a person. Um, I'm so glad to be new friends with Candace. So guys over on my website, I'm going to have everything we talked about just in case you haven't seen Candace's hilarious video with Chewbacca. We'll for sure have that linked over there. Plus her book, her website, her social media pages, all of that. Cause you're going to really enjoy, um, following her because she has a lot to offer. Like she's just not a one trick pony, um, with one video. She has so much to bear and I think she's darling. So you guys, we have so many great guests in this series. I'm just like, freak out. I mean, just freak out. Um, it's just some, some heroes and legends and the funniest of funny people. So you're going to want to come back week after week, um, for, for the love of laughter. I promise you that. And thanks you guys for listening. Thanks for coming in week after week after week. This has just been uh, the most fun. I love this podcast. I love you. I love hearing what you think about it. I love your responses and we always come through your comments and we're grateful for them. So thanks for subscribing. Um, and leaving ratings and reviews. That's all super helpful for any podcast. And I sure appreciate it when you um, direct that sort of feedback to me. So you guys have a fabulous week. You will not want to miss next week's episode and I cannot wait to bring it to you. So, okay. See you next week, guys. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.